Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. The Utah Jazz do it again. Another win for the Jazz. Make it 20 out of 21. Nine in a row. 20 of the last 21 after they beat the Clippers. Down five at the half. They were struggling. Clippers came out. Really defended the three-point line. Had to start a smaller lineup because Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and, and... Nicholas Batum, uh, were all out. Uh, the Clippers missing their two stars. And, man, those guys came out and played hard without their stars and uh, defended the three-point line, but eventually Jazz warmed down. A combination of uh, offensive rebounds. Rudy had five. They almost doubled up the Clippers on offensive rebounds. The second chances mattered. Uh, getting out and running a little bit, which they didn't do in the first half. Hitting some three-pointers off broken plays. And uh, they pull away and beat the Clippers. But eventually, down five of the half, they eventually led by more than 20 points. Uh, they win by 18. So we'll get the best of the postgame show coming up. And the Jazz will play the Clippers again Friday night. Uh, Mike Conley didn't play, so that's six games in a row he's missed now. And the Jazz are 6-0. Uh, as far as the college basketball, Utah State went up to Boise State. They were right there. They were down by a point with five minutes to go. The game was hanging in the balance, and the Broncos finished strong. They finished the game on a 15-6 to run, and they get the win and take over first place in the Mountain West Conference. Those two teams will go at it again Friday night as well. Let you listen in now. Post-game comments from Craig Smith, the head coach of the Aggies. Coach, you talk about the little things um, and a little play here and there that can really change a game. And uh, there were just these one or two little things. Shaver with the straightaway three. Uh, the ball ripped out of Bearstow's hands at least to a three. Just those little things in a game where you got two really good, evenly matched teams can end up making the difference. So we told the guys, uh, I thought we played really well, well, pretty well most of the game. Second half, we... Um, uh, we got scored on on a high clip. Uh, you know, I really regret not doing a few things differently um, from that respect. But, um, you know, I thought we, we were really, you know, we got that four-point lead. And it was back and forth all night, obviously. And I thought that, that that's what we told our guys after. They made some big plays late. Almost all of them were after that play where Sean, you know, got that rebound. And we were up three at that time. And I don't know how much time was left, six, seven minutes or maybe five, six minutes. Um, and, and after that point, they really – it was like such a big momentum play yeah. for them. And then they made that – Shaver makes that three. They made some big ones where we didn't close out with a hand up and uh, just had some, had some breakdowns, and they made us pay. And that's what good teams do. When you break down, they make you pay. You know, I thought we were in a great rhythm offensively um, in terms of when Kata got the ball. Yeah. Obviously, we didn't shoot it very well going three for 16 from the three. I thought we forced a few – um, and then we just missed some clean looks, too, and, and sometimes that happens. But obviously, Kata was a, a dominant force tonight. We called a lot of stuff to get him the ball because, A, he's really good, but we felt like we had the advantage down there without a question. So, um, you know, it was a tough night, obviously, at the end of the day. Um, they score um, 79 points on 71 possessions, which is 1.1 points of possession. We want to be under that. Most nights we are. Um, and then that second half specifically, they, they score at 1.24 points of possession. And yeah. that's going to be hard to win when you allow a team to do that. So we were right at a point of possession. We win most of those games yeah. in, in that circumstance. But you got to give them credit. They're, they're a very good team. They made us pay. Uh, and they made some big plays when it really mattered, you know, in that last four minutes or so. Um, 
Wooster not playing in this game, was that something you knew going ahead, going into it, that he probably wouldn't go, or was that kind of a game-time decision? No, uh, we knew, um, I guess, two days ago, Monday afternoon, I guess. You could say he's got a lower leg injury, and and we'll see what happens. Um, it's something that we're working on, and um, he's had this issue for a while, to be quite frank. Um, but we haven't played for yeah. 14 days. He, he would not have played um, against Fresno that second game. So um, so he's been out for a little bit here. Obviously, we've been trying to get him back um, with some things. And so we'll just see. And he, Raleigh's a tough, tough – I mean, yeah. <laughs> Raleigh's as tough as, he, as they come. So he's doing everything he can um, to to get that thing where he needs to get it, and and um, hopefully he can get him back really, really soon. There's the head coach of the Aggies, Craig Smith. After the loss at Boise State, they'll try again Friday night. We'll take a break, come back with Tim Reynolds, who's written about the NBA for the Associated Press for years. AP's Tim Reynolds coming up on the Jazz next, and then the Jazz postgame show. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. So uh, Wednesday morning, fairly late in the show, we spoke with Tim Reynolds from the Associated Press. Uh, Wanted to have him on. He's covered the NBA for a long time. And the Jazz playing the Clippers twice in three days. Of course, uh, when we talked to Tim, he didn't know that Kawhi Leonard was definitely going to be out. And the Jazz were going to trail by five at the half and pull away and win by 18. Uh, now we do know that. But here's Tim with some of the bigger picture stuff on the NBA. Tim, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. So, we wanted to have you on as a guy who uh, covers the NBA, uh, assess the West and the Jazz and how things are going, because you can imagine there's a little bit of excitement around this team. I, I, I would think there's probably um, a little bit more than a little. Right. I would even I would allow jazz fans to go to medium excitement okay. at this point. They're um, there. I would allow them to go that far. Um, yeah, uh, you're, you're really good. You've got a really good basketball team. And, and I'll tell you this, and I've written about this in, in, in past years. In fact, I even asked Quinn about it once, and he kind of rolled his eyes at me. Quinn's teams get better as the year goes along. And, and if that doesn't make the West a little bit more nervous, um, it should. <laughs> it really should. There's just there, – there isn't, there isn't a weakness. Now, I, I also – and I'm, gonna, I'm just throwing myself at the mercy of you guys here. I don't think there's an all-star starter on that team. I don't think that's going to be a big surprise. The, the strength is the balance. There's – it, it, there's an unselfishness about them that they remind me very much of of the Heat teams that were here in those four years with LeBron and Chris and Dwayne. Maybe not in the certainly the 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 national noticing the national buzz, um, which means nothing, by the way. But those teams were successful because nobody cared who did what on a given night. 
Nobody cares that Jordan Clarkson comes off and scores 40. Nobody cares that Rudy does this some night. Nobody cares that Joe does this some night. Nobody cares when Donovan does his thing. That's what you need to be elite, and that's what Quinn has. That's what the Jazz have built, and that's why 23-5, and five, you know, I don't know if they're going to play 800 basketball the rest of the way, uh, but this is no joke. They are real, and they are very much a contender to win the whole thing. And as I was watching basketball, and I watch it every night for, you know, obviously for uh, work purposes and just personal enjoyment anyway, I'm thinking that so much of this has been viewed as a negative that they don't have that all-star starter, as you phrase it. But actually, when you think about it and step back, the fact that they're, they've won all these ball games without that is the strength and is the positive, meaning that it can be. Mitchell's your guy who's probably going to lead you in scoring most nights. But the other night, they had four guys score at least 25. So to me, it's, it shouldn't be viewed as a negative. It should be viewed as a positive. Oh, 100%. 100%. Now, there's, of course, there's two ways to look at it, right? There's, from the opposition standpoint, what and who do you take away on the Jazz roster? I mean, it's, what, what can you do? If you take away A, B is going to get you. If you take away B, C is going to get you. If you take away C and D, A and B are going to go crazy. It's, so it's a nightmare to game plan for an unselfish basketball team. Now, what the next thing is going to be, what the next complaint about the Jazz will be, is you look at this run. What are they, what's it, 18 out of 19 or 19 out of 20? 19 to 20, yeah. 19 to 20. Most of those games, I don't have it in front of me, but I, I mean, I, I've watched them. They've all pretty much all been by double digits, right? So watch what the next thing will be. The next time the Jazz are in a close game, who does Quinn go to? Who's the go-to guy in those situations? That will be the next hurdle. That will be the next complaint. The next time the Jazz are in a close game and they don't win. And it will happen. You will lose a close game at some point this season. That will be the next complaint. The Jazz don't have a go-to guy because people will draw conclusions off one game. Look, they know what they have. I think smart fans know what they have. I know this league knows what's going on out there. Um, Sit back, relax, and enjoy. And when they do announce the All-Star starters tomorrow night, for a game that hasn't technically been announced yet, by the way, I mean, I think Quinn can coach, Quinn can clinch the coaching job, I think, tonight. If they beat the Clippers, I think Quinn is locked in to be the All-Star coach for a game that hasn't technically been announced. Enjoy that. Enjoy, those, enjoy the fact that you don't have an All-Star starter and that your strength is in numbers, and that's how you win in this league. Okay, that is uh, how you win, but when it gets time to win the biggest games, and I agree with you that the, you know, the national hype isn't there and that doesn't matter, but the all-star starters tend to be a reflection of playoff success the last few years. And the, usually you have to have some playoff success before you can win it all. It's the rare team that lost in the first round. I think the Warriors, having lost in the second round and then going to win the championship, was unusual. So for a team to come off back-to-back first-round losses, um, I know the Mavericks had a lot of first-round problems. They'd have to look back when they won it. It just doesn't happen very often. So do you worry about not having that go-to guy in the biggest moment when you get to the biggest games in the playoffs? No, because you have. we all know you have the go-to guy. 
right? I mean, we all saw what Donovan did in the bubble last year. I mean, if, if people are going to say the Jazz haven't been to the conference finals and whatever, the Jazz haven't been to the finals and whatever, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't really I, – I don't think any of that stuff matters to me. I mean, remember, Anthony Davis couldn't win until he won. You know, I mean, even LeBron. LeBron couldn't win until he won. Um, it, it, it's a I, – I don't buy into it really at all that you need that past success or even to get to the brink and feel that pain – before you can get there. Um, you know, Joe Ingles has played international basketball at the highest level forever. You know, Rudy has been, you know, part of Olympic runs and World Cup runs. With These guys know what the pressure cooker is. They do. They absolutely do know. And, you know, I would expect that, you know, I would expect that, that Quinn and Dennis and, and the decision makers out there, I would think you're going to add a piece. I would think you're not going to sit idly. I mean, it's it's not like you need something, but if everyone else is going to add, if every other contender is going to add, you feel compelled to. So you bring in another vet who's been there, another good guy for the locker room and that sort of thing. And the issue takes care of itself. I don't think, just to be clear what I was saying, that there isn't a question that you guys, I mean, Donovan is the go-to guy. He absolutely is, and and you can get on his back, and he will carry you in a playoff. But, but the best part about the Jazz is he doesn't have to do that. That's what's great. I mean, he signed that massive contract last summer and jumped into the pool and ruined that pair of sneakers by jumping into the pool with his shoes on. But he hasn't played as though he's got this burden on him of he has to live up to a contract. He's sort of been the same Donovan you know, from what I have seen. That's exactly what you want if you're Utah. What level of action do you expect as far as player movement here in the next few weeks? You know, I, I'm kind of in the minority on this one. I think there will be some. I mean, you're already seeing you know the rumor mills out there, and obviously, you know, the Andre Drummond situation is public. The Blake Griffin situation is public. Um, someone will trade for Andre Drummond. Um, he's a young, very good, big, and expiring. Uh, the Pistons will have to buy out Blake Griffin at some point because nobody's going to trade for that contract. And I do think in the right spot, Blake could be, you know, if he if he's healthy, Blake could be a good fit off the bench in a lot of places. But I think broadly, I don't think there's going to be, I don't think there's going to be dozens and dozens and dozens of guys on the move because remember, we have an expanded playoff now in this league. It might just be one game. But going to 10 teams, going to 10 teams in each conference, technically getting in, this, this play-in series is going to have more teams. It's going to do for the NBA what the wild card originally did for baseball. Teams that would be out of the race, that team in 13th, that is nine games out of eight, they're not going to be out of the race anymore because they're only going to be three or four games behind 10th, and they're going to feel like we still have a chance to get in. So I don't know if a lot of teams will be selling. And you can't have tons of buyers without tons of sellers. So I I don't think there's going to be wild movement. I think your elite teams will look to add a piece. You know, Drummond will be the big name that gets moved. I don't think any of – I don't – put it this way, guys. I'd be really surprised if there was, like, some sort of blockbuster that we didn't see coming, some huge name getting moved. I'd be really surprised if that happened this year. Do you see something that the Clippers and Lakers want to add? Because obviously those are the two teams Jazz fans are watching closely. you see an obvious move for those clubs? 
Yeah, oh, I did see an obvious move for the Clippers, and I'm surprised they didn't get Derrick Rose. Uh, you know, Derrick Rose, his you know his agent is based in L.A. I think he still has a home out there. They need a backup point guard, and they need a backup wing. Um, so I was very surprised that they didn't get more seriously into the Derrick Rose talks. I mean, Derrick wanted to go to New York. Not that that ultimately matters. Um, I mean, if, if Detroit got a better offer from the Clippers, he'd probably be a Clipper right now. So I do think they'll look to add a backup point. Um, the Lakers situation is, is unusual, guys, in that you have LeBron, so you're fine because he plays like every position. Um, the Anthony Davis situation is what you watch out there. They're, you know, Woe just saying two, three weeks. The Lakers are just saying, you know, the Lakers haven't come out and said that, I don't think, officially yet. Um, they're just saying, you know, it's a strain. He's being evaluated. The longer that situation goes, then the Lakers have to decide, do we want a complimentary piece? Do we want another another backup point guard type? Do we need another vet like, like, like Rondo? Rondo was so big for that team last year. Do you need someone like him again? Or can we really count on Anthony Davis to log big minutes? Remember, and guys, these games are rapid fire this year. Everybody's playing every other day. So can he play big minutes without a lot of recovery time, or do we need to lighten his load when he comes back and bring in another big? I think the Lakers are going to have to think long and hard about what they're going to do. They're going to add someone, but the question is, will they add another, another perimeter guy, or do they add a big? Do they find a way? somehow, some way to bring in Andre Drummond. Do they find, do they put themselves in, I, I don't know how they do it. They don't have that many tradable assets for that kind of contract. I don't know how it would happen. Um, but do they get into that mix somehow? So for the Clippers, it's going to be a backup point guard without question. For the Lakers, it sort of depends on AD. So from the Jazz perspective, to get where they want to go, they're going to have to go through Los Angeles. And it may be two teams, it may be one team, but it looks like most definitely they're going to have to go through them. How do you think that they match up when all, all three teams are healthy as far as that goes? I mean, I, I, think, I don't think there's a matchup out there for Utah that's bad. I, I, I truly don't. I mean, you have the elite guard. You have, you know elite bench play this year. You have the elite rim protector. So on the surface, there isn't a bad matchup, right, for them. What you're hoping, if you're the Jazz, I think what you're hoping more than anything else is that the standings right now, one, two, three, stay there. You don't want to play both L.A. teams. You'd like to see the L.A. teams beat each other up in the Western Conference semifinals. That's what you want. You want to play the Spurs or the Blazers or the Nuggets or the Suns in the second round. You don't want to have to go through both the Lakers and the Clippers. Let them slug it out. Let whoever emerges from that series come into the Western Conference final a little bit wounded. I think that's what you're hoping for if you're Utah. But there's, you know, matchup-wise, the Lakers are a matchup nightmare for everybody because they have LeBron. And he's still, you know, Giannis is the two-time MVP, LeBron is still a top two or three MVP candidate in this league, if not top one, and I still call him the best player, even at age 36, even in year 18. I still think he's the best player, and we all saw last year, when you dangle a championship in front of him, that guy finds another way to raise his game, as crazy as that sounds. I I don't think the Jazz have to worry about it. There's no one you point to and say they're a bad matchup, because the Jazz have everything. 
but there's a lot of teams that have everything. The Clippers, to me, will go into the playoffs with the most approved just because of the history, because of Paul George's history in the postseason, because of you know all these 3-1 leads. Can you finally break through? They're going to have to bear that weight. They will, they'll act like it won't matter. They'll say it won't matter. It will absolutely matter. So the Clippers are going to go into the playoffs with some baggage. The Lakers will go into the playoffs with some baggage because they're the defending champions. LeBron only has a few years left. They know that it's not a forever thing. They're paying all this money. Take advantage of your championship window right now. To me, the Jazz are going to go into the playoffs, if healthy, very footloose and fancy free, and say, listen, there's no pressure on us. They could be the one seed, guys. They could be the one. They could be the overall one seed. No one's still going to believe they're good enough to win it. <laughs> and that's a very good position to be in when you don't have to carry that pressure. So, assuming they are able to hold on to the one seed, and you, you know, you make the point about not wanting to have to play both the LA teams. Is there anybody in the West that either? Uh, by improving the way you said Quinn Snyder teams always improve, or by one of these acquisitions, is there anybody in the West that, can, or maybe getting healthy guys, getting guys back healthy, that can make that jump and be a fourth team and be on on relatively the same plane as as the Jazz, Lakers, and Clippers? Well, I, I still think Portland, when healthy and when right, is they're a very scary group. I mean, look, they really haven't been whole much this year, and they're seven or eight games over five hundred. Um, you know, they've had questions at the five, you know, it, 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 they're still there. And, and one of these years, Dame and CJ are going to be in, become even a tougher out. They're a tough out now. I think they could be a team that gets very scary. Um, Denver is going to figure it out. You see signs. Denver's, Denver's playing better. They're obviously missing a bunch of guys right now. You know, they have another guy who's elite. They have a guy who does everything. Uh, um, as Eric Spolster calls them, a Swiss Army, you know, in Jokic. But the one team I point to and say, if they went out and made a big move, I'm telling you, Golden State, as much as people don't want to hear it, I think Steph's playing the best ball of his life right now. Steve Kerr is proven in the postseason. If the Warriors go out and add a piece, I don't know who it would be. There's a lot of teams in the West that can get really good. The West playoffs, Look, there's not an easy matchup for anybody. There won't be. Um, the West playoffs are going to be just hideous. They're going to be bloody. They are absolutely going to be bloody because there are a lot of good teams that could get really scary depending on how aggressive they want to get by adding the guys to deadline. He's Tim Reynolds. He writes for the Associated Press covering the NBA. Tim, thanks for coming on. A million opinions, a lot of stuff to consider. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. There's Tim Reynolds from the Associated Press. When we come back, the best of the Jazz postgame show as the Jazz win again. You'll hear from Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Rudy Gobert, and Quinn Snyder next. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280, The Zone. The Utah Jazz do it again. Another win. Nine in a row. 20 out of 21. 
Jake Scott here to wrap it up on the best of the Jazz postgame show. Your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott with you. The Jazz have won 20 of their last 21 games. They've tied the best stretch in Utah Jazz basketball history going back to the, the Jazz team in 1997. If they win against Clips again on Friday, they will obviously surpass that mark as uh, the Jazz are playing great basketball. Uh, first half wasn't pretty, but the Jazz come out and uh, put on a clinic in the second half, outscoring the Clippers 68-45 to in half number two and end up winning uh, going away, which I feel like a broken record. It feels like we're talking about that uh, every morning in these recaps as the Jazz end up winning by 18 points, led by Donovan Mitchell's 24 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, and 4 steals. Rudy Gobert was a monster as well, 23 points, 20 rebounds for Big Rudy. Let's get you some post-game sound. Let's start things off with Jazz head coach Coach Quinn Snyder. All right, we'll get started with Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Q. So even though you guys were uh, struggling offensively in the first half, it seemed like Rudy's defense was really kind of keeping you, you know, within shouting distance as it, as it became apparent they were kind of maybe not afraid, but hesitant to challenge him. What can you say about uh, the job that he did down low tonight just in kind of keeping you guys within uh, within shouting range? Well, really, you know, he's been, it's what he, what he does. Um, and, uh, you know, tonight, uh, that's something we've talked about, you know, defending um, even when we're not playing as well in the offensive end. And I thought the second half we started pushing the ball on some of the stops we got. And as you said, he, you know, we can't take it for granted because uh, he just impacts the game. Uh, impacts it in a lot of ways. And tonight you saw it on the defensive end as well. I shouldn't Kristen say Kenny. as well. Tonight you saw it on both ends. Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Building off of that coach, can you just describe his mentality? I mean, we're, we're talking about him tonight in the game and just noticing that he's always playing with, with an edge, like a chip on his shoulder. I just think he's competitive. Um, you know, we had a lot of guys uh, compete tonight. You know, Rudy's not alone. Um, and I, I think when, you know, when you're a competitive group, uh, you're more urgent. You, know, you find ways to, to make plays for one another because, you know, winning's in, in the front of your mind. And, you know, there, there's games where you know, the, the box score doesn't show uh, the things that he does. Um, tonight it did. And as you said, you know, he's – He's not trying to prove anything. He's just playing and he's just competing. And you know, that's what we that's what we get from our, our whole group. And you know, he can he can lift you when he's doing that, particularly on the defensive end. Ben Anderson, KSLSports.com. Quinn, out of my own ignorance, how how similar is the way Joe plays now to the first time you saw him when he was in Europe? And and how much has changed? Well, I, you know, I think He's grown as a player. You know, it's hard to compare. Um, Well, it's not hard to compare. I I think back about, um, you know, when he was battling, you know, to get on the floor, he he got on the floor defensively. And, you know, that's something I think, you know, it's it's hard to maintain consistency defensively, you know, as you're playing 34, 35, 36 minutes. And there's been a real focus on his part. Um, 
you know, he can do it for He's playing more minutes right now with Mike out, but I, I think he's really purposeful on the defensive end. His pick and roll game is something, um, you know, that, that he's developed, you know, the synergy that he has with, with our bigs, with Rudy and Fave. And I, I think, uh, you know, he's also really improved his finishing. And, you know, when, when you get the threat of finishing and also dropping the ball off to the big, that that opens other things up as well. So I, I think the fact that he started to play a lot of pick and roll um, over a few years, you know, he's just gotten better at it. And he's, he's finding more people and making better reads. And um, the other thing, you know, he, he jokes about it. We joke about it a little bit now is he's just – He's not hesitated at any point on a shot and taking it in transition, taking it off the dribble. He's always been a great catch and shoot guy uh, in the half court. And I think he's really, you know, he's been more aggressive. He's taken that to heart, um, you know, and as a result, you know, it adds, I would say it adds another dimension to his game because it's there, but um, it sets up a lot of other things that he's doing. And, you know, the way that we play is, is very different from the way that, you know, they played in Barcelona when I first saw him, it was more of a half court game. And I think the thing, you know, I don't know how old he is right now. I know he's in his thirties, um, you know, but he was an older player by, you know, comparatively when, when he got to the league and, you know, his commitment to, to working on his game and improving, I think is something that, you know, we feel like you can continue to get better. There's no ceiling on anybody based on their age. And that's, that's what he's done. David James, KUTV. Obviously, they had to start a different kind of lineup with the guys they're missing. But how much does that group's uh, energy and the way they defended the three-point line early in the game give you guys a problem? And, and how much do you think you'll see teams try to copy that later on? Well, you know, I think teams want to take away the three. Um, they want to take away the rim. Um, and they're, they're one of the best defensive teams in the league. Um, you know, obviously, without some of their guys, um, you know, they're, they're different the same way. You know, any team is different. But, uh, you know, they, they compete regardless. And, and you know, they're, they're a really good team and they play really good defense. And that's a credit to, to Ty and their, and their whole team. Um, they're shifted. Uh, you know, they're disciplined with what they do and they play really hard. So um, that combination is going to make you a good defensive team. And, you know, we're always going to have to work to try to get the things that we want and they make it hard. Last question, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. When with that defense, I mean, did you guys struggled to break it down in the first half in half court. Second half, you guys got out in transition a little bit more, but even just on the half court possessions, you had more success. What what was it that led to that success in, in half court specifically? Well, I think whether it's a make or a miss, you know, pushing the ball and playing, you know, with force, it's easier to do. I, I think, you know, when you get stops because there's more, you know, possibilities there. Guys run with more of an expectation that they, they may get the ball. Um, I didn't think we did that on makes or misses uh, in the first half. And as you said, I think they feed off each other. There's no reason um, that we shouldn't be running, you know, particularly our wings and our big. Um, 
you know, to, to, to our, to, to spacing uh, on makes as well. But if you start a possession, you know, with force and with precision in terms of your spacing, um, you know, good things happen. You can usually carry that through. And we weren't running hard enough at the start of the game. And usually that means we're not spaced well. And if we're not spaced and we're not running, you know, things are going to bog down. That's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. His team has now won 20 of their last 21 basketball games. They beat the Clips last night, 114-296. Of course, the Clippers did not have Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, or Nicholas Batum. But the Jazz win any uh, the Jazz win going away, even though they did not have Mike Conley. Let's get some player sound. Let's start things off with Donovan Mitchell. All right, we'll get started with Tony Jones, the athletic. Um, you know, can you talk about, you know, just how – uh, Rudy impacted you guys on both ends tonight? Uh, he was the aggressor, man. You know, I think um, just on the boards, I mean, the stats the stats show one thing, but you look at the little things, you know, sprinting down the floor, the the tips that he had, the finishes, finishing through contact, dunking the ball. You know, I think that's something that, you know, really set the tone. It was similar to how he played in um, – we play Bucks. You know, when he dunked on Giannis, it kind of set the tone. You know, and he did that from the jump. And I think that's that's the really we need. Uh, you know, every day and he's been doing that, man. And I think that's that's really what set the tone for us. You know, being able to hit him in the pocket, him whether it's making a play, you know, finding or fishing at the rim, finding guys for three, uh, sprinting the screens. Him and Joe have a great connection. Um, myself and him, we're continuing to find ways. You know, I missed him on the, the quick pass, but still being able to see those things and communicate that, I think, has been great. And um, you have fifty three seconds before the TV turns off. <laughs> um, but I think that's that's really been huge. You know, I think tonight was just another one of those nights where he just dominated the glass. Um, and I think that was that was that was huge for us. Chris and Kenny, Jazz TV. Tom, the Clippers defense made you guys work for your shots, especially in that first half. What what stood out to you about their defense? They were just aggressive, you know, when you got Pat Bev, who's first team, you know, all defense, you know, for myself, you know, him, him, him stripping the ball early, you know, picking up full court. Like, I think that's um, – that really set the tone for them. They feed off of that. He feeds off of that. So, just being able to be patient, take our time, and play through that. And you saw it, you know, their teams have been – if you look at the early game of the season, teams have done that, and you kind of didn't know how to react or how to do it. But I think now we're starting to get to a point where we start to um, – we're starting to, you know, figure out how to just play through the contact. Uh, yeah, I can still think. Okay, um, but yeah, play through contact. You know, be able to make the right decisions, and I think it's just one of those things we haven't seen in a while, and you know, just kind of getting through used to and playing through it. But um, they did a really good job being physical, and we did a really good job of you know finding ways to, to go around and pushing the pace more, making them run back. Uh, I think it was huge. Sarah Todd, Desert News. Don, uh, we found out today that Quinn Snyder is going to be the uh, coach for the All-Star game. Um, I know that a lot of, you know, the team's success is the reason that he'll be there, but how happy are you for him to actually kind of get to partake in the festivities? Oh, man. You know, for Coach, man, you know, I, I, I love Coach. You know, I think this is this is well-deserved. Um, you look at, you know, obviously we, we score, we do all these different things, but he, he writes the stuff down. He's the one that emphasizes it. Yeah, we go out and play, but, you know, we're a really well-coached team. Um, I think that's something that really stands out. Um, and, you know, Coach gave me an opportunity, um, and I, will, I, I, I love him for that. And, you know, just teaching me little things, little attention to detail, um, just finding ways, you know, to get the best out of each. Each individual player, the man never sleeps. 
uh, to be honest, he's, he's always up during quarantine before the bubble. I can't tell you how many times we have conversations just about schemes and, and what we what I see, what he sees, how I can be better, how we can be better as a team, how to go out there and do it uh, in the bubble. Um, continuous times where he, we finish a game, he's right in the room watching the next game, watch game right for the next game. Um, season's over. Sending me clips, came coming coming to see me and talk to me just about what he sees, you know, going forward for this upcoming year. And, and I think, you know, and I'm not the only one. He's seen other guys and talked to other guys, but the amount of effort that he puts into his craft is is, is truly incredible. Um, I got all the respect and the love in the world for him, man. You know, and he's just, just this is truly deserved, and I'm I'm really happy for him. And I know I wouldn't say he doesn't care, but it's not like his ultimate goals. Ultimate goals of championship, but that that feeds that we feed off of that. You know, he's like, you know, he hasn't brought it up once. Like, I mean, nor should he, but like, he, nor would he. But you know, he's just a guy that's just continuously ready for the next thing, ready for the next challenge, ready for the next thing. And, you know, he won't, he won't ever say, but I, I he's, he's, he's the best coach in the league, in my opinion, you know, just a guy who, can, who goes out there every night, you know, competes in his own right, you know, whether it's not physically on the floor, but he's competing mentally, finding ways to get better, get the best out of his players, the video guys, um, the, the trainers, the coaches, I, and, and I got nothing but, but love for coach and I'm happy for him. Ben Anderson, KSLsports.com. Donovan, I know it's pretty cliche. They say it about guys when they see the ball go through the hoop that the next one gets easier. But, I mean, you were two of ten, and then you did hit that, like, 15-footer, 18-footer. What, what does that feel like when you're struggling and you hit a jump shot? Does it feel like it gets easier? Um, I think the biggest thing is not really thinking about, oh, I'm two for ten. That's where it starts. You know, when you start, you know, kind of going there, that's when you start to hesitate. That's when you lose confidence in your shot. You know, two of ten can turn into 12 of 20 in a, in a heartbeat. You know I mean? Like, that's how – I look at it, you know, I, and some people may don't, some people do, but like, that's how I continue with my team. They need me to, to, to be aggressive, be in attack. And some decisions, you know, you wish you can take back some shots to just in and out. Some shots that I normally make, which is short, you know, I'm getting the looks that I want in certain instances. Now it's just about hitting them. Um, and that's really where my mindset was. And then once you got, once I got to the mid range, I started just taking it, you know, they were taking what they gave me, you know, instead of driving into to Serge and Zubac for no apparent reason, just take the open shot. And um, that was what's there and that got me going. And then, you know, once I get there, finding guys and continue to make plays, but the game becomes easy. But, you know, I think the biggest thing is like, no matter if I miss eight in a row, ten in a row, like I'm going to continue to do what I do because that's that's what the team needs me to be aggressive. You know, and if I think about how many shots I've missed, that affects the next three quarters. You know, I could have easily said, all right, let me just chill out, you know, and, and, and stop shooting or be hesitant. It takes me out of what I do. It takes, takes away from what we do as a team. And um, that's not who I am. Last one, Chris and Kenny. Hey, Don, just have a follow-up about Rudy. Can you just describe the edge that he has, that he plays with? Yeah. Um, I think I, I've gone to say, and I've talked about Royce, I've talked about um, Joe in the offseason, but he's a guy as well. You know, he took that game seven loss personally, too. We all did. And, you know, I think for him, we, he found something in the playoffs. You know, I think with him playing the way he played, uh, he found it, whether it was, you know, catching the ball more or being able to finish through contact, being even more of a dominant force on the defensive end. You know, we see it. You know, and he's, he's hungry, he's communicating, he's talking. And, you know, that's, that's the Rudy we need, you know, to be to be in the lead team and he's been doing that you know and then some you know and that's that's I think that's something that stands out to me every day you know he wakes up and he he's works hard every day works hard puts his puts the work in and continues to be trying to be the best player he can be um, and I think that's something that you know translates in, in, into his game that you guys are starting to see you know he's had twenty and twenty games before but I don't know if y'all can agree I think this is these have been his best 
you know, if I, if I, as a whole, you know, I think that's something that's just, from my personal opinion, these have been his best 2020 games, 18 and 16, and he's doing it against top-level competition. And I think that's something that, you know, stands out because he's a dominant force on the defensive end, but where he's really picked it up is being patient, finishing around the rim, catching, make the right decisions. And I think that's what's helping us get to the next level. There's Donovan, 24 points, 7 assists, 7 rebounds, 4 steals. Monster game from Donovan. Did it on 9 of 22 shooting. You heard he had a lot of good things to say about Rudy Gobert right there. So let's uh, check in with Rudy. Hey, Rudy. We'll start with Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. What did unlock you guys offensively? I think Joe was actually part of it, but you guys figured out the offense second half um, against their ball pressure. What what opened that up from your point of view? I think you really started from uh... – from the defensive end, our physicality, you know, they were they were really aggressive in the first half and uh, they were just playing harder than us. And regardless of who we play, you know, we can't we can really let that, let that happen if you want to be the, the team that we want to be. Yeah. Second half, uh, we picked it up and, uh, and uh, by being more aggressive defensively, we became more aggressive offensively and uh, we, we shared the ball and we were able to, you know, get great shots at the free throw line, the threes and the rim. Sarah Todd does right dance. Rudy, I know that you've talked a lot about how much uh, Quinn means to you in the past and how much it meant to uh, have him there when you made the all-star team. And I'm just wondering what your feelings are now, knowing that he's going to be able to coach the all-star team. I mean, it's a, it's a great feeling, you know, when you, when you look back since, since Queen got here seven years ago, uh, you know, where we started and, you know, obviously we're not, we're far from finished, but you know, the, the, the road uh, has never been, you know, never been easy, but we, we went through a lot and uh, be able to have Queen coaching all-star game, you know, is a, it's a blessing. And I think it's a, it's just a reward, you know, it's just a reward of, you know, how he, he changed this franchise. And, uh, you know, and uh, I think we all, you know, we all appreciate it. Okay, last question, Maxime. Yes, I, I really, uh, so wh- how, do, how do you, uh, which uh, part of your game could you improve uh, after a game like this? Um, I mean, there's always room to improve, you know, I think, uh, you know, I missed one free throw and, uh, you know, I think in the first half, you know, there's two, there's always room to improve, you know, uh, I'm going to watch film and then see what I, what I can do better, but I missed a few easy stuff under the rim and, and, uh, there's always things that, uh, both defensively and offensively that, uh, you know, I can do better to have my team. Rudy Gobert, 23 points, 20 rebounds. The fourth time in his career he's gone 20 and 20. And the Jazz have won all four of those games as the Clippers were staying home on the three point shooters, and Rudy Gobert made him pay. Let's now wrap things up with uh, Joe Ingles. All right, we'll start with Tony Jones, the athletic. Oh, I just want to hold this thing myself. What's up, Joe? Um, Joe, can you, get, can you give us an, an antidote on, you know, just. You know, how, how effective a Coach Quinn is, you know, something that, that you'd feel comfortable sharing with us? Um, man. Um, did you say how good of a coach he is? You know, just how well he relates to you guys in the locker room. Yeah. You know, things like that. Um, 
I mean, I've said it before. I mean, he's the, he's the best coach I've ever had. Um, him and him and Brett Brown are my go-tos on that question or answer. Um, and I mean, it's. I think it's. I mean, it's different for everybody. Uh, I think your, your relationship with your coach. I, I think for, for me, um, obviously, we're we're close, um, and that started. I mean, I met him when I was playing in Barcelona was, was the first time. And, um, I mean, just, uh, he's very relatable. Uh, I think he's a player's coach. I think he, he obviously, he, he cares for, for each one and everyone that's, that's been here over the seven years. Um, and I think that's one of the, 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 the coolest parts, the best parts is when you've got a coach that actually cares about you, not just as a player and, and how I can get left and how he's going to put me in a, the, the best position to do that. But to ask about your family, ask about your kids, ask about what's going on off the court. Um, obviously for, for me with the, the Jacob stuff and all that is, is something that was huge back then. So, um, the X's and O's and the, the adjustments in a game and the preparation and the, the details of um, the development and, and stuff that, that we've kind of built over the seven years, six and a half years um, is all cool. And, and obviously we're, we're getting kind of the benefits of a six year kind of process, but um, yeah, I mean the off court stuff for me is, is something that, is, is something I've never had. I mean, I've played in Europe. I've played for tons of different coaches, but to have someone that genuinely cares about their, their and everyone. I mean, guys that have been traded, guys that have been cut, guys that are on ten days. Like everyone that's been here, um, he, he cares about. And, and to me, that that's pretty pretty special and and, and pretty rare, I think, too. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Joe, I was just uh, hoping you could speak to the impact that Rudy had in kind of keeping you guys close uh, with his efforts on the defensive end early tonight as the offense was kind of struggling to find its footing early on. Yeah, I mean, he's huge every night. Um, uh, I think he's – it looks different when he has 20 and 20 or whatever he had. Um, obviously, it makes it stand out a bit more, I think, and everyone notices, obviously, offensive a bit more. But, but we we know what he does for us on a nightly basis. We know um, – I mean, he's, he's had games where he doesn't have double-digit points, but he, he has such an impact on the defensive end. And, I mean, he makes all of us look good at the end of the day. He's made me look like a good defender for many years. So um, to, to be able to have someone that, even with Fave there now, like you, you you pressure, you do all this, but to know that you've got Rudy or Fave behind you, it, it makes a big difference. So when he has 20 and 20, it's obviously different and he's walking in now. I'm just talking about how, how good you are. Thank you. No worries. Well, no. Um but no, like I said, it makes a huge difference. And I think he gets noticed more when he does have a big scoring game or a big rebound game. But we know and he knows how much we appreciate him regardless of, of stats out there as um, the, the general fan would look at. There you go. That is Joe Ingles, 14 points, five assists, three rebounds. And uh, hoping to hear from Joe on the Joe Ingles show a little bit later on this morning, of course, with DJ and PK. 
Jazz win over the Clips, 114-96. to Up next, the Jazz take on this very same Clipper team coming up uh, tomorrow night. That game will tip off at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 7. There's the best of the Jazz post-game show. And coming up next, what is trending? All the headlines, big night in the NBA, Utes and Cougars playing basketball tonight. Aggies lost last night. We'll get to it all next. Stay with us.